0: Now on to the show.
1: Welcome to Morning Walk with the Artist Forge. I'm your host, Nicole York, and today we are going to be talking about pricing, finances. Ooh, if you're quivering in your boots right now, this is the conversation that you need to hear. In fact, if you think you know anybody who needs to work through their pricing, now would be the time to ping those folks or share the link with them. Let them know we're here so that they can come and hang out because this is going to be a really important conversation that takes everything that we've talked about, where business is concerned, and gives it the lifeblood that it needs. Because without earning money, your business doesn't exist. That's what it's here for. So that's what we got to figure out i have a really simple set of procedures that we can go through that anybody can use no matter whether they're a photographer an analog artist digital artist no matter what you can you kind of use these steps to figure out what you should be charging either per day or hour what you need per sale all of those things we'll be able to figure that stuff out but the first thing i want to do is ask the moderators today what do you think is the most important thing that people need to keep in mind when they think about pricing?
2: Hmm.
3: Um, my first reaction is uh, pricing is a consequence of how you want to run your business and not the other way around. So your pricing needs to support everything we've talked about that so far and the one thing to keep in mind is that when you get into the details of what it takes to run a business you may have some surprises so following this process following you know step by step of how to look at your cost how to look at your, your you know cost of goods sold your, your cost of doing business your direct and indirect costs and all that stuff we're going to talk about it's critical to be able to be sustainable as a business and we often underestimate that up front because we use a simplistic approach to pricing and say, well, this is what I'm charging. That's how much I'm putting in my pocket. Hey, I'm making money. So just the recognition that it's a bit more complex than that and you have to really understand some of the fundamentals and shape your pricing in a way that supports everything we've discussed about how you want to run your business. With, with one caveat yeah, that's a great one point. caveat one caveat you brought up a very good example yesterday sometimes you don't have a choice for pricing you gave the example of being a writer and writing books uh, that's set by the market and it's a completely different way of looking at things so maybe pricing drives the way you do your business in that case so there's no fast rule uh, but in general for the type of uh, you know people we have in the crowd and, and the type of businesses we most of us run uh, I, I think it, it's the pricing supports the business as opposed to
1: yeah, I agree. And I think um, it's, it's really fantastic that you mentioned the fact that many of us kind of start out with a really simplistic view of what this looks like and how often young businesses will begin based on what somebody else does. And so we look at somebody else's business model and we make the assumption that because it's working for them, not only will it work for us, but it's, it's going to kind of provide us the life that we need. We don't actually look at the hard numbers and ask ourselves, if I were to follow this and do what they are doing, um, is that actually going to provide for me? Because we don't know other people's bills. We don't know what it's cost them to live their life and run their business. And so um, making assumptions without really digging into things definitely leads you to that place of having to restructure your prices later on because you just didn't take the time to look at all of the subtleties that are involved in that. So definitely really important
3: for us. Yeah, the, the the other the other uh, thing trap we fall into is is often we look at our personal situation and say, for example, I have a I have a job right now. I'm making twenty bucks an hour or whatever it is, twenty five bucks an hour, and uh, oh, by doing photography, I can do a photo shoot, charge three hundred bucks. Uh, that's like a hundred dollars an hour. That's much better than what I'm doing now. Uh, that becomes a trap. Uh, that that kind of leads us down that, like that thing. is being satisfied with $300 without even knowing what it takes to actually run that business that's bringing in
1: $300. Right. And then also making the assumption you're getting all $300. Exactly. <laughs> but also, exactly. right. And then not factoring in the fact that that $300 has to expand to pay for the time that you're working, but not earning. And that's something we're going to talk about as well. So. Yeah, really, really fantastic examples, Bassan. Um, For the rest of the mods, what should we really be keeping in mind about prices and financing before we get...
4: I'm going to swing away from the practical a little bit. This is an interesting question. Um, I think learning how to take your emotions out of your pricing is game-changing, absolutely game-changing and essential, and it's really, really freaking hard, uh, especially... For we artists, you know, our self-worth is so closely tied to the art we create, and um, yeah, I think being able to emotionally detach, uh, or if we get back into Cat's divorce conversation, a little bit, um, is probably the number one of the number one or you know top five most important things to consider with your pricing. It's not about your feelings; it's about sustaining that business.
1: It's not a batch of feelings. no, I'm really glad that you brought that up because that's going to kind of be the first point that we cover. Um when we break into the actual here are the steps that you take, We have to start there because, man, there's there's so much bad advice out there tied to to pricing and how we should be feeling about it. so um, i'm I'm really glad that you brought that up.
0: I think one of the things that ties into the conversation we've had about business is knowing what it costs to run your business, right? You can't just arbitrarily pull a number out of the air and say, you know, John is charging this much and Susie's charging this much, so I'm just gonna kind of be in that area. Well, their businesses may be running completely differently than yours. They might have a whole different set of reasons uh, why they offer what they offer and how they do it, and their overhead is gonna be different. Their business is not your business. So you need to understand what it's going to cost to run your business and then think about taking home profit and then thinking about taking uh, paying your taxes. And you've got to look at all of that and start pricing according to the ho- cold, hard facts of how your business is being run rather than like Becca said, the emotion or, you know, like all the stuff that Basan was referring to a minute ago. So yeah, the costs first, understand how your business needs to run. Then we can talk about pricing. <laughs>
2: Well, an understanding what your business needs to run on a wing and a prayer when you start and where you want to be going and how much you need to be earning net, um, needs to be figured into that cost space. And I can't tell you how many photographers I run into that and myself included that want to start and be an affordable photographer i want to be accessible to you know the majority of people and then when they start working they realize like how incredibly unsustainable the affordable model is without like a full complement team Uh, because high volume is just that it's high volume and when you want to actually be creating art it's not you're not What's that mean that's been going around? Like, artists have been confused with content creators, and um, you know, there's a big difference there between a school picture and you know, something that you're really crafting for someone. And on your own, it's simply not sustainable to pull any kind of a living wage for yourself out of a low cost model that requires high volume on your own. It's just Wow. Yeah, cost first. What do you need to earn? What does your business need to just survive, let alone thrive? And then disconnecting emotionally to what that number might be. Holy shit, that number might mean that you have to generate half a million dollars. Oh my god, how am I going to generate half a million dollars if I can only shoot two days a week? Oh, what about vacation? What about, okay. Then that means that maybe you're not in that quote unquote affordable space. Maybe that means that you are delivering a higher end service and there's nothing wrong with being there. That's a place to own some pride, Uh, but definitely building your pricing around that sustainability of being able to do that. And if you're not comfortable there you can also make the decision to keep it as a hobby too.
3: I'd like to, uh... Yeah, I'd like to just add something. Uh, maybe take a thirty-thousand-foot view before we get into some of these elements. Uh, we're talking about pricing. We're talking about cost. Extremely important elements. I call them levers within a business. And there's multitude of levers within the financial health of the business. But fundamentally, if you look at it from a higher level, there's three aspects to financial health of a business. Right. There's the profit and loss thing. Right. The, the concept of profit. There's the the second thing would be the concept of cash flow and the third would be financial value creation within the business right and eventually maybe we'll talk about financial statements and how that fits in there but at the end of the day profit cash flow and fine and, and value creation and i'm talking value creation from a from a dollar and cents perspective in your business and and goodwill uh and and then within those there are multitude of elements and what I call levers to contribute to that you can actually affect those three things with pricing with cost with investments with way of doing business there's so many levers that you can pull and I know we need to get into pricing and cost, and we will because they are probably the most you know they're, they're fundamental and the easiest or at least the most influential levers in, in, uh, in the equation, uh, but there's a very important aspect that people underestimate. Is many businesses go bankrupt not because they don't make profit. It's you know you know the, the saying cash is king. Most bankruptcies is because people ran out of cash, and they may be extremely profitable, but they ran out of cash. And then you have other examples where companies don't make any money, and for some reason they have cash flow. So let's not ignore cash as as, as an important aspect as we go through. This.
5: Oof!
1: You guys have brought up a lot of really fantastic things for us to keep in mind, so I'm really glad that we started out with this because there are certainly several aspects of this that we're obviously going to cover today, some that will probably be extended. But these are really important things to keep in mind because what we're about to talk about for most folks is one of the most difficult parts of starting and running and maintaining a business, in part because of a lot of those uh, issues around money that we all have that we talked about earlier. Um, And then in part because it's just a big complicated machine to run. And there are a lot of things to keep in mind. And strangely enough, and I'm going to go ahead and begin with this. Strangely enough, as artists, we just get a, a lot of really bad advice and which is kind of frustrating because most of us are not inherently business people many of us artists we just want to make things it's great to earn money from what we make we need that to live but also our brains often don't work in the way that is best suited to running a business so we have to teach ourselves a lot of this stuff and so a lot of the advice that we get around making money as an artist is not really healthy advice things like charge what you're worth that is well-meaning advice And we do understand the concept of don't undercharge. You need to earn enough to live, to thrive, et cetera, et cetera. That makes for a healthy marketplace and all of these things. But what the words actually mean is that you are worth the amount you are willing to charge for your art. And if somebody pays that, it's because you are worth it, not because the market will bear it. Not because you found somebody who values it, but because you are worth it. And all of a sudden, that becomes a personal, emotional tie to money, which is not a great idea. This is why Kat talked about divorcing yourself from emotion where money is concerned. And one of the big ways that you can do that is by running the numbers. I talked about this before, but that's really the heart of where we're going to start today. And we're going to cover a lot of round. So I would like everybody to be prepared. If you want to be taking notes for this, um, be paying attention because it's going to get complicated, but I am working on an article. So that's going to ease things a little bit for everybody. But the first thing that we have to do if we want to run a business is we have to understand what we need to earn individually. This can pretty easily begin by looking at our bills now and what we're making now. So we can look at our income statements, we can look at our bank statements, we can look at what's going out. If you were to continue to make what you make now, could you be happy and healthy? Could you be thriving? And you have a couple of options here. You can either look at what do I need in order to scrape by Or you can ask yourself, what would actually make it worthwhile to run this business? Because like I said before, you could very easily go to work for someone else and make money. Oftentimes, as beginning entrepreneurs, we would be making more money working for someone else than we do for ourselves. So at least in my opinion, it's better to start out understanding what would I need to make in order to live a life that I love? because I can always drop things later on, but it's harder to build them if I start small. So I'm gonna start with my sights set on what would I need to earn in order to thrive? And as you're taking all of these notes, as you're writing down the current expenses that you have and including things like your mortgage or your rent payment, your car insurance, about what you spend on groceries, um, your utility bills, all of these things, you need to include all of that stuff. I'm also going to include well, what, what I need to earn if I wanted to take a couple vacations a year. What would I need to earn if I wanted to make sure I was investing? What would I need to earn if I wanted to save 10% of every check? I'm going to do those things because if I have to step down a couple steps from those, I can do that. But if I start off going, what's the absolute minimum I need in order to survive, I'm leaving myself, number one, no room um, to to enjoy the funds that I'm earning. But I'm also going to make it harder for myself to step that up later on, because not only have I already entered into my business with a kind of poverty mindset, with a, a not enough mindset, but I'm also entering into it um, giving my clients the expectation that my services and my products will cost a certain amount. And when it's time to raise that later on, I either have to charge my customer base more, and my returning clients may not be thrilled about that, or I have to work really hard at finding more people to bring them in more often, which is going to stress my ability to work, because now I'm exchanging all of my time for not quite enough money. So I would highly suggest start off this number by asking yourself, what do I need to earn in order to thrive? Include all of your bills, all of your expenditures, everything all the way down to your savings account, your vacations, if you have pets, what does it cost to take them to the vet? All of those things that needs to be considered. And you may come in at $45,000, you may come in at 80,120, I can't say, but wherever it is, that is the first number you need to know what you need to earn per year in order to live a life that you love so not too difficult most of us already have a good reference for that the next thing you need to do is write down what your business will need to earn in order to thrive in order to run a business that you actually not only love running but is going to be able to grow in the future So I'm going to throw out a couple of things I want to hear from the mods, what are some things we need to make sure we include in these business expenditures, but the obvious things if you're renting a space or if you own a space that needs to be included, the utilities for that space need to be included things like personal development need to be included, taking care of your gear. So if you need to have it cleaned a certain amount of times a year, if you need to upgrade, those are things to keep in mind. So those are a few kind of price things that you need to consider your software and you know your hardware that you're using, you may need to replace those things. So you probably want a fund for that. What are some other things guys that people need to be including in the cost of- All right, you ready?
2: I already got pen? Do it. All right, contract labor, commissions and fees, building and property rent, workers comp, entertainment with clients, general business expenses, bank fees and service charges. Cash, to have petty cash on hand, especially once you start dealing with a team, is really helpful so you're not having to hand over a debit card or a credit card every single time somebody has to go to the freaking post office. Um, Memberships and subscriptions, continuing ed, insurance, meals versus travel meals because they're accounted for differently by an accountant for your taxes, office expenses, office supplies, shipping and postage, small tools and equipment, software and applications, payroll expenses, materials, taxes paid, travel, utilities, any loan payments you might have, um, and then savings. Uh, You definitely want to account to have savings and not just blow through everything and then account for like when you start putting aside like taxes for corporate income tax and sales tax, you can set up those line items to be calculated based on the cash that you're bringing in. So it just automatically calculates how much you have to pull out every week and put into this savings bucket for your taxes um do the same thing with a savings bucket for new gear and to stay investing in your business um, but those are probably like the big standards the big standards.
1: i hope y'all were taking notes actually we do the replay so you can always go back for that replay but that was really fantastic because it includes a lot of things that most of us do not think about when we first get started so well done there. Anybody else have anything they want to add to Kat's list of things that we need to include in our list?
3: I think I think that was pretty exhaustive. We can always add stuff, but I think it brings it makes the point that it's not as simple as we think. And and those are all have to be accounted for. Uh, what I do want to bring, though, is and I, I don't know if I'm doing this out of order or um, as we get into the discussion, is to be able to differentiate. In order to kind of make sense of all of, you know, with all of it, is to differentiate uh, the, the different uh, pro- sorry, cost categories, and what goes into cost of goods sold versus general business expenses. And the reason I say that is, is because we have to. It, when I know when I went through doing my pricing, it was very difficult to figure out what goes into what I call direct costs of doing a photo shoot, things that are variable, things that will only happen because of that specific photo shoot that I did, uh, and how to separate that from from all the other expenses. So I think we need to keep that in mind. Uh, I'd like to bring in the concept of contribution, because we often think of the top line, meaning I sold for $100,000, but at the end of the day, to actually make that $100,000, I had to do so many photo shoots, and there's some costs within that photo shoot that that really after I finished those those that work, I didn't have a hundred thousand dollars in my pocket. I had maybe eighty thousand bucks, and that eighty thousand is gonna have to go and pay all or most of the things that Cat just listed. So that's just that. So so that the, there's a there's sales, but there's also contribution to your business of, of the sales, which would take care of the cost of goods sold, the cost that go directly into the photo shoot, what I call direct cost, and then. Oh whatever's left over pays for the business. I know it, we're getting a, a bit ahead of ourselves maybe, but that's kind of a a, a placeholder for uh, cost categories that we'll have to deal with to, to properly price things and properly.
2: So Bassam, the, the way that we do that is we have variable costs and then we have overhead costs. And you can keep those things separate in- so that you have your your variable costs associated with each of the units of the thing, right? Whether that's the photo shoot, whether that is the byproduct of the photo shoot with the artwork that's purchased, and those can be incorporated into your, your standard projections based on either, you know, past history of shooting or what you're anticipating coming in the the pike, right? So you can say, Okay, what am I going to spend to just simply generate, this amount of money. And then you have your overhead payments down below that just run on a monthly track so that you can continue to see, like, okay, how much is coming in, how much is going out every month, and then start looking at that break even point. And when you're running your projections, you can say, okay, well, I know if my typical overhead, including salary for myself, right? Because you want to make sure that a salary is somehow placed into those so that you can earn, and it's not just by project, like, oh, okay, I, I can actually get paid now as an employee in my business, whether it's through an owner draw or whatever. But if you know your total overhead is $25,000 for the month, okay, well, what? how many photo shoots do I need to do to bring in the $25,000 and still cover the costs that I need to produce those photo shoots that bring in the revenue to cover that salary? Um, and that's real.
3: Absolutely, and and uh, one of the uh, easiest way to kind of think about what you know what what are, what are these variable costs is what what leaves with the client, right? What does the client leave with? Well, they leave with the hair and makeup if you, if you did it specifically for them. They leave with the product, and therefore the costs of those are variable costs. So that's one way to look at it. It's very simplistic, but it's a good way to
1: yeah and and we will absolutely be covering this um, when we get down and we start talking about cost of goods as well and how we need to be factoring in the unseen costs um to actually what we're doing. so we'll we'll kind of hopefully use that as a meter stick for a way to look at the idea of um, of variable costs, so we'll be definitely covering that as well but as you just heard there is a lot to keep in mind when it comes to how we are looking at our pricing when we start putting together the numbers for what our business needs in order to thrive and so we obviously have the overhead and everything that is encompassed by overhead which basically means these are the things your business must have in order to be alive you must have the space you must be paying the rent you must have the utilities you must be paying for your contractors you must have your gear etc And then you have your startup costs. So right now we have, how much do I need to earn? What does my salary need to be in order to live a life that I love? How much does my business need to be earning? Not only in order to exist, but in order to thrive and grow in the future. And then how much do I need to get started? What are my startup costs? And this is going to highly depend on where you are at in the formation of your business. If you are already if you're already running a business, but you're like, I need to revamp this whole thing, then you may have a lot of your startup costs already covered. But if you're revamping, there may be new things you need to change your ad. And so that may be included in what you need to get started, of course you need your tools, the tools of your trade. If you're a photographer, you need your camera, you need lenses, you need light, you may need a computer or software, depending on what kind of business you run. If you are an analog or a traditional artist, you may need brushes and paints and canvases, et cetera. You may need very specific things in order to get started. That's gonna be highly individualized. So you need to look at those things. What do I have? What needs to be added? And if I want to run from the get-go, the kind of business that requires employees or et cetera, then do I need to look to investors and bring that business plan that I made? Do I need to look to investors to help invest in the startup cost of my business so that I can begin on both feet? Or do I, or can I run the kind of business where I can operate very lean for the first couple of years until my business is earning enough to get to that place? That is a question you need to ask yourself because your startup costs need to be rolled into that equation. All right, we have three numbers right now. We have our salary, we have how much our business needs to earn, and please make sure that you include a marketing budget. You may initially decide, I know I want to run Facebook ads, I know I want to run ads on Amazon, and I know I want to do one more thing and it's going to cost me if i if i run one ad a week it's going to cost me about this much money or i'm willing to set aside about this much money and then you can make alterations to that later on as you track your marketing and figure out how effective it is and what it costs you so that you can find out what the coa or the cost of acquisition is That is something that will be in the variable bucket because your marketing is really going to vary depending on what the cost per click is and all of those things. But you need to be tracking that because it is going to cost you a certain amount of money to bring in each client. That includes what you are paying yourself to build and run the ads. So we have our three numbers we're going to add all of those things together and come up with the yearly combined average of what we need to earn and our business needs to earn in order to be alive. Depending on where you're at, that's going to be different obviously because the cost of living is different different in different places. But as an example, you may need to earn $200,000 a year in order to pay yourself $50,000 a year for your business to still survive. You may need to earn $175,000 a year. You may need to earn $500,000. It's really dependent on how those first two numbers come together. But what is important is now you have a number, okay? Then what you're going to do is ask yourself, how many days can I work a year? Make sure you're including vacation and you're taking that out of the time. Make sure you're taking out weekends if you're not going to be working weekends. Make sure you're taking out holidays if you're not going to be working holidays. Make sure that you really give yourself a time frame that works because if you overwork yourself, your business will be dead in the first year. If you underwork yourself, you're not going to earn enough in order to live. You can take the amount that you're working right now and transpose that if it works for you. But for whatever case, let's say that you can work for about 250 days a year. Well, my dog is gonna eat my husband apparently. Um, So let's say you can work about 250 days per year. You take 250 and divide that into your big number. That is gonna tell you how much you need to earn per day. This number is important, so make sure you keep it in mind. Then you need to ask yourself, if you're a photographer, how many days can I actually shoot per week? Can I actually be photographing five days a week? How am I going to fit in all of my business running activities from marketing to client outreach, to, you know, taking care of my year, to all of the other things that are involved in the business. If you are a business that wants to run on bulk, then you need to make sure you're considering that when you look at this number, if you're a business that wants to run um, as a boutique business, where you're putting a lot of effort into each individual client, and maybe you're spending four to five hours with that client on shoot day. Well, that's a full day of work right there because you have to set up, you have to take down, you need to clean everything, et cetera, et cetera. So let's say for the cost of argument or for the sake of this argument, you're working two days a week you're you're photographing that is your ability to actually earn money from those sales you're doing that two days a week guess what those two days have to pay for all of the rest of the time you're working that week where you're not actively bringing in income so you have to make enough from those individual sales to cover the time that you've spent marketing, the time that you've spent keeping your books, the time that you've spent cleaning your studio, the time that you've spent creating materials, the time that you've spent ordering your your products. All of those things have to be covered by those sales, including the fact that that is gonna be broken down after the money comes in and maybe you made a $15,000 sale and that's freaking outstanding. Guess what? You don't keep that $15,000 you are only earning a portion of that money that's going towards your paycheck, everything else is going back into the cost of running your business. It's going to your business savings, it's going to your marketing budget, it's going to your rent, it's going to your utilities and to etc. cetera, et cetera. So you have to look at that number. Now, let's say you need to make $1,800 per sale in order to pay yourself every month, in order to pay your business what it needs to be paid, And cover all of those costs that we've talked about so far. Can you make that from each sale? And if you feel uncomfortable with the idea of needing to earn that much, but you have decided to build yourself a luxury business where in-person sales are an important thing, then you've got questions to ask yourself. So that's why doing this exercise becomes so important because once you realize what it really costs and what you really have to earn per customer in order to cover the numbers that we've talked about so far, you have to take a hard look. I thought I wanted to run a, uh, I thought I wanted to run a luxury business, but the idea of needing the pressure of needing to make $1,800 dollars per sale all of a sudden becomes really heavy. Can I have somebody do that for me? And if I do, how much is that going to change the cost of running my business? Or can I increase the number of clients that I have per week? Now I have the pressure of making sure that I need to be shooting at least four times a week. Now remember, businesses run on averages. So for this month, I may not reach the number of clients I need per week. But next month, I may double that. And that averages out over the two months. And so I have still covered my booty, but that's why we need to know per week what we're doing because it gives us a goal to shoot for so that we make sure we are including all of that in the cost of doing the business and what we have to earn per customer in order to cover all of those costs. So I wanna pause here and just see, if the moderators have anything y'all want to add to this this is obviously a kind of a really simple and broad way to approach this just to cover as many people as possible but is there anything you want to add to um
4: no that was actually
3: very good uh nickel it's 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 clear and concise i do want to reemphasize one point and and uh and a couple of points that i made uh you mentioned something very uh uh happens often which is you may have a good month you may have a bad month but a lot of the expenses don't go that way right you still have to pay your rent every month which brings back the concept of cash flow and do you have enough reserves to be able to make it through the bad months even though overall you're meeting your objectives in the year but you could have two dry months that will bankrupt you and you won't you don't you, you can't pay your bills so let's just keep that in mind that the, the, the you know all the the keeping a a cash reserve is extremely important when you kind of build your budget uh, so that you can make sure you cover those. So that's one thing. The other thing, when we get into more details, and I know I'm I'm getting into details here, but I want to reemphasize is when you said, I need the $1,800, for example, per day, per shoot, uh, let's not assume that that's the pricing. Again, it comes back to there's a cost of goods sold in there. You may have to price it at 2,200 to keep $1,800 in your pocket.
1: Yep, we are getting there for sure. Yes, absolutely. We're getting there for sure. Um, We just want to start with this baseline so we understand what we actually have to be walking out the door with. And when we start talking about product pricing, that's where we're going to get into understanding how we actually have to price things in order to walk out the door with the money that we need, recognizing those things are expenses. So does anybody else have anything that you want to add to where we're at right now? Or is there anything I missed um, that we Okay, nobody's unmuting himself, so I'm assuming that we're good so far. All right. So just to recap, if you're just joining us, we are talking about pricing, and we need to have we need to know a, a, a set of numbers we need to know. We need to know how much we need to earn individually, what our salary needs to be per year. We need to know how much our business needs to earn per year in order to survive, and we need to know what our startup costs are if we're just getting started. And like Bassam said, having that cash flow or having those that cash on hand, Um, that those liquid assets that we may need in order to cover dry months. um, That can absolutely be included in your startup costs if you're looking for investors. And even if you're doing that yourself, you can say, well, you know what? I want to make sure that I have at least three months of rent and utilities paid. um, So I'm not going to officially start my business until I have that money set aside. That's a decision that you can make as well. So keep that in mind. All right. So we now have those three numbers, we've added them together, we know when we add our salary to the cost of doing business and our startup costs that we need to be earning this specific amount of money per year, we've divided that by how many days we can work per year, and then we've looked at how much we need to make per sale in order to cover those non income days. So if you have an admin day, where um, I know Kat has mentioned this before, maybe Monday is the day that you respond to emails and build your marketing for the week and check your ad spend and you know, clean and send your gear off to get cleaned, whatever it is. Maybe Monday is your admin day. You are not earning any income directly on that day, but that day still needs to be paid for. Those hours that you spent still need to be paid for. So when you make a sale, Those sale days, those sales that you make have to cover all of the time that you have not spent actively earning money. And you need to keep that in mind because the time that you spend doing the things that bring clients in go into your cost of acquisition. That means that the how much it costs you to get a client through the door. If it costs you one hour of marketing, if it costs you four dollars per click. And you have a turnover rate of a certain percentage, that is actually the cost of bringing a client in the door. So you get to deduct that, right? That is the cost of acquisition. It may cost you $25 per customer, cost me $25 to get this person in the door. So however much I earn from them, I get to deduct that $25 from that because that $25 is going to my business, right? And it's going to be. Spread out through all of those things, and part of it's coming back to me. So, you need to know these numbers because if your cost of acquisition is $40 and your client is paying you $30, you're going to have a problem. You need to know what that cost of acquisition is. That is something that you will learn, and it's something that is variable, which is why it's a difficult one to track. But it goes in that variable cost area when you're looking at your marketing budget. That's why you really want to be tracking those numbers. Okay, so without getting too deep into the weeds there, you now have how much you need to make per sale. Now we get to ask ourselves, okay, what are we giving our clients? What are they buying that is going to cover the money I need to earn? And let's say we need to make an $1,800 sale in order to cover everything. What are we selling them? Are we giving them digital files alone, which have almost no overhead? The, the overhead for digital files is, is minimal and it's spread out. So remember that overhead does go into things like, well, I have to use my computer to make a digital file. Maybe I'm giving them a jump drive and that is a cost of good. Maybe I have to pay for Dropbox because that's where they pick their files up from. It all depends on how you structure this, but that overhead for that specific product needs to be included in your cost of goods. You may do prints. It might cost you $5 to have an eight by 10 print printed and $3 for a mat and then $50 for the box that you're gonna preview everything in. All of that has to be deducted from your sale, which means that you have to cover that cost in your sale. So if you need to earn $1,800 from that sale and somebody is going to be getting a box of matted prints, you now have to look at that cost of goods, add it into the sale. So your actual sale needs to be 2,300 and not 1800 you need 1800 net you need to walk away with $1800 so all of the cost of goods get to go on top of what that sale costs and the thing is you can you can make those adjustments so let's say what happens is you you need to earn your $1800 and it costs you in cost of goods $300 in order to make the products that they're going to walk away with. You now have some options. If you could you could create a package that costs $2500. You could create a package that costs $2000 and then add a $500 sitting fee. You could make sure that you're doing prints and bring a lot of businesses will have that buffer of something like this is the sitting fee so that they know at the bare minimum they can walk out with that amount of money but in either case you need to earn what you're paying, you know, what you what you're walking away with plus the cost that it takes to put this thing together. And at the end of the day, if you're a luxury business and you're doing hair and makeup, you have to maintain your wardrobe that they're choosing from. Maybe you had to bring in an additional set and the cost of putting together their album or their prints or whatever it is, you may actually need to have a $3000 sale in order to walk away with $1800. That's why you need to understand what your cost of goods are in order to know what you need to make. It's not just that $1,800, it's the cost of earning that $1,800. So I know this is kind of what you were wanting to get into, Bassam, so I wanna leave some space here um, for for what this actually looks like in real time. Um, So.
3: Yeah, Nicole. Uh, I hope you don't mind. I, we don't script this in advance, and I just want to maybe just bring a, a bit of a—I don't want to call it correction, but uh, uh, just a little clarification of the, about the word variable. Because if you take the English definition of variable, it's things that vary, but the accounting definition of variable may be a little bit different. So I just want to give an example. Yeah, where no. We have to be caref- yeah, we have to be careful when we do this in when we figure out financials when we talk about accounting, right? The simplest way to look at variable is, if it's something that varies with the number of customers you have, it's variable. If it's something that's there, whether you're making a sale or not, it's fixed. It's overhead. That's one way to delineate it. For example, you mentioned Dropbox as an example, right? If, if I'm a photographer and Dropbox, I need Dropbox because my business model, the way I deliver my product is through Dropbox, I'm gonna be subscribed to Dropbox. Whether I have a client or not, I'm paying that subscription. So to me, that's not a variable cost. That is part of my overhead, right? And if we try to take what overhead is and try to piece it up and put it in the cost of goods sold, we're, we're gonna get confused, right? So that's why I I'd, I'd rather you know we keep the simple definition which is if it's actually something that I will spend only if I have a customer then it's a variable. Otherwise it's overhead. That that's kind of the I don't know if if, if anybody agrees with that but that's the fundamentals of uh, with the word variable versus overhead.
1: Yeah, I think I might have accidentally strung too many things together into that circumstance. What I had intended to say was if you're delivering digital files in different ways, like if I have a customer who, you know, maybe I use Dropbox, but they want a jump drive and I'm willing to do that for them, but I don't do that for every Absolutely. client.
3: Absolutely. Then you're buying something that's specifically because you have a client. That's fine. That's that's variable cost. goes into the cost that it's sold. And again, it's not to get confused, it's actually make it simpler, right? And, and know which bucket to put things in, right? So in my business model, for example, if I just do digital files, my cost of goods sold is zero. All my other costs are still there. And and obviously the the contribution or the money I'm making out of that shoot is higher than if I had to buy them an album and and, and give them an album. Right. But fundamentally, my cost is zero. My variable cost is zero because my salary is already covered in the overhead cost. Yeah,
1: absolutely. and which is why, you know, as we were building these business plans and as we were looking at what kind of business we we wanted to run and where we wanted to be in five years, we need to ask ourselves those questions because the less overhead that you have, obviously, um, the more income you can potentially make from those things, the less you have in cost of goods sold, um, you're going to have, um, I just lost the word I was looking for. It is gone. <laughs> you're gonna be able to earn more. I'm just gonna leave it there. And <laughs> when I remember the word, I'll use it.
3: I'd like to give another example because I, I see that question often on some of the Facebook groups, right? Do you, do you put your makeup artist as as part of the cost of goods sold or as part of overhead? Well, the answer is de- it depends. If you're actually hiring a makeup artist as a, uh, as, a, as, a, as a third party to do that one specific customer and you're paying her or him, that's that goes into the cost of goods sold. But if you have a studio where you have an employee who's a makeup artist who you're paying a salary that's you don't include that in the cost of goods sold that's part of your salaries and your overhead so it all depends right on your business
1: yeah absolutely and i even know some folks who um they allow them to come in um and and they're paid by the customer so it you really have a lot of power here in how you
3: structure and run
1: everything but that's why you need to know what kind of business you want to run
3: yes. and every accounting question is the answer is yes no and it depends right because every
1: yeah for sure so as we're coming toward the end of the end of the hour I just want to go back over what we talked about and then open the space up for a little bit more conversation and maybe a couple questions because I recognize that this is a lot of information to take in. So we're adding what we need to earn per year to what our business needs to earn per year and the cost, our startup costs, if we need those. We're dividing that by the amount of days we can work per year. And then we are asking ourselves, how many days can I actually shoot per week or per month? if I can shoot two days a week, then those are my two opportunities for direct income. Those days I'm actually working directly to to get money in the door. Everything else is still supporting it, but I need to be paid for all of the days that I'm not working with customers by the customers I am working with. So that may mean that on the days that I shoot, I need to be earning $2,000 per client. If I am doing that, then, I'm working still on an average, maybe this week I only booked one person, but next week I can manage to book four by the end of the month that averages out to what everything needs to be. But I need to know those daily numbers in order to make sure that I'm covered. And then I have to make sure that on those sales, if I have cost of goods, that those are being covered by the sale. And it's added to the price of the sale, right? We don't earn less money because of the cost of goods. We need to cover the cost of goods in that sale. Maybe it takes $300 for me to have a piece of wall art made and an album made. That's the cost of those goods. I have to add that to the sale. So if I need to earn $2,000 and the cost of goods is $300, my sale needs to be $2,300 plus tax at least. So make sure that you keep that in mind. That's where we're at right now. And I want to make sure that we open this up for some conversation. So um, do the mods, do you guys have anything to add to that before we ask Gene to share what his thoughts are? And if there's anybody else in the audience today and you have something you want to add there um, where price is concerned, and we do have a little bit of time for questions. So if you have a quick question, um, then please raise your hand and come
3: up. Nicole, just one quick thing, because you mentioned something is truly important that which we have to consider, which is taxes and my Uh, My piece of advice at this stage is when you do this exercise, don't mix in taxes because it's just going to get confusing. Taxes do affect the business, and you can do that after you've figured all this out and see how you're going to manage taxes, whether it's uh, income tax or whether it's uh, goods and services tax, you know, sales tax. Uh, But it gets pretty confusing if you try to include it in your analysis
1: yeah that's a good point i mentioned that as (laughs) as just an understanding that that's going to affect the final outcome but yeah when you're when you're trying to figure this out don't
4: torture yourself that way um
5: hi good morning um i so i wanted to just uh offer something um that i've uh, learned as i've been listening to a lot of really smart people about this over the past a uh, year here on Clubhouse, and and I I connect with what these people say because I do have uh, you know an educational background in uh, business, and so you know w- when I hear these things, um, you know the, it it kind of reinforces it, and 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 I love when people who who may not have an education in business have you know learned all this stuff kind of you know through the school of hard knocks, and and it all aligns. Uh, properly. And, uh, and I, I feel like that's a, obviously a much more valuable education sometimes. So, um, you know, I've, uh, I've been listening to, uh, Kat, I think even before I found the artist for, she was popping into other rooms that I was in with photographers and I've heard her talking about this kind of stuff for a long time. One of the things that really helped me that I think would help any other photographer who's getting started, um, is the idea that, we, um, I'll use headshots because it's a very simple, straightforward product, right? So, um, as I was wrapping my head around headshots, it became very clear that I was doing the same thing as a portrait photographer, senior portrait photographer, all this kind of stuff. If you want to be the, the, the $50 photographer, um, you know, you, you are going to work your butt off in order to make any kind of living. And you may want to be in that affordable space. You may want to be accessible. But that's because you've convinced yourself that there's not enough people who are willing to pay you at a higher premium price um, in, in in order to sustain your business and the problem isn't that that and what i've learned by listening to all of you is is that um, you know it's, it's not a matter of there not being enough people out there to pay the price that you need to pay it's it's you being in the right place the right time the right marketing mix the right message and the right value and communicating that value, educating the customer, all of those things that come together to help you attack the top of that pyramid. You can grind all you want, trying to capture all those customers that are only willing to pay $50 for your product. But if you if you tailor your message, you tailor your marketing and your product and your value and, all, and listen to everything that everybody's saying here in, 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 in this room, you're able to target the, the higher tier of that pyramid. And this is perfectly illustrated in a conversation I had with somebody in a Facebook group a couple weeks ago in one of the beginner Facebook groups. The guy said, you know, I need some advice on editing. I am swamped. I'm overwhelmed. I'm shooting five days a week. I can't keep up with the editing. There's too much work. You know, are you guys hiring out? Are you guys using different software? I need some advice. And my response to him. And, and I'm going to, I want to give you guys credit for this because this is kind of what I got out of our conversations. My advice to him was, look, man, your problem isn't your software and your editing workflow. Your problem is your price. Like you are a perfect candidate for somebody who can use price as a throttle. If you're working more than you want to be working, then look at raising your prices because then, you, you know, it, it is very possible that you can work less, make the same amount of money, if not more, and get your sanity and your life back. And so I think that's where, you know, I I, I've really take that's what I've taken at a very top level from a lot of these conversations that we've had. And I just want to uh, uh, close real quick by reminding everybody also, you know, that one of the things that I've always done, I've done this in my personal life. And and it's been very helpful in business is to make sure that I do set aside those funds for things like taxes, but also for the uh, what I call my yearly fund which is for all those accounts that I'm paying yearly, there's, there's nothing in my view, and I don't mean to be, this may sound a little harsh, I don't mean it to sound this way, but I, I, I think that there's nothing more amateur in a business than when you get hit, for example, with your $599 a year Adobe subscription fee, and you're scrambling to find that money. I mean, that, that that's a $50 a month set aside, you put it aside, it's done. You don't have to worry about it. And I do that for everything that I pay yearly, so everything gets paid out of that account. Is I pay that account first all the time, and then it's all done automatically. So I don't even have to think about any of my yearly funds. I just review it quarterly to make sure that I've added or taken anything out that I don't need to have in there. So I just wanted that's just one of the tactics and strategies that I use to make sure that I'm that I, that, that that helps with the cash flow side that Bassam was talking about, just to make sure that you're not up against a wall and can't cover something that you really need that you pay on a yearly basis. Uh, that's it.
3: I, yeah, Gene, I'd like to pick up on uh, on something you said that I'm going to just, again, reemphasize that pricing is only one aspect of it. So you gave the example of a $50 photographer. Uh, you know what? You can be very, very profitable photographers at $50 if you have the right business model. So as an example, I have a a friend who has a business doing sports photography, and they do teams and individuals every year. And he, his customers don't spend any anything more than twenty five dollars to, to, to fifty dollars per uh, per, uh, per purchase. Yet they're structured. In, he's structured in a way. Uh, he has a system. It's like an assembly line. I don't know if you can hear me because I'm in a bad area. But he's structured uh, in. Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's got an, almost like an assembly line. He has five or six photographers that go out, do the thing. They repeat. Uh, and it and it it's just a money maker, but he structured his business in a way that allows that fifty dollar, twenty-five to fifty dollar, gives him enough contribution to make a good living and to and, and to run a thriving business. So it's not about price, it's about everything else, the whole ecosystem. Of-
5: Thanks, Basam. Uh, Nicole, I'm gonna close close this time by just saying I'm going off to eat fresh tamales. It's eighty two degrees on the balcony in Cali and I hope you guys are all staying warm
1: keep bragging <laughs> um yes yeah basam and that's that's absolutely why we're having this conversation because there's no right or wrong way to structure a business there's just a question of is it sustainable is it profitable and can you build it in a way that is going to make the way that you run your business something that you love right and so mcdonald's is a huge money maker a huge money maker and people spend maybe 20 bucks at the most there unless they're going with multiple people so you know bulk is is a really important way to sell but that requires you to build those systems that requires you to have it running like a top in order to make that money and for many of us if we have decided that we don't want to build that kind of business then the other option is we have to be earning more per person so no matter how you structure it Being able to put these numbers together, to divide them up by working days, to recognize that each sale you make has to now cover those working days is a really simple way to have the numbers take all the emotion out of the equation. Because now I'm not asking myself, well, am I worth $1,800 sales? I'm saying to myself, this is not a question of worth. This is a question of hard math. I have to make this in order for my business to survive and in order to pay my bills. Now I don't have any negative feelings about saying, how, how do you want to pay for that? Because I don't feel like my personal worth is tied to this number. I recognize that this is just a simple cost of existing as a business person number. This isn't my feelings. This is literally, if you don't make this you don't exist anymore so it doesn't hurt my feelings now if you don't want to pay that i recognize i just need to move on to the people who do so i see we've got one more hand i think we've got a a time uh so joshua hi welcome what are your thoughts
6: hey thanks for having me up um i just want to say that i really uh agree with the sentiments of what you were just saying about not tying your worth to your price however you also have to be cognizant of what the market will bear and, and, and ensure that you are creating the value for your customers. Uh, simply because your cost to create something is $1,000 does not mean necessarily that it has $1,000 of value to anyone else because your costs are not under control. And so you have to make sure you stand back and you evaluate that. You know, if you're paying double what everyone else is paying for a product, then you can, you know, your customers aren't necessarily going to be willing to pay double just because you haven't taken the time to figure out how to get your costs under control. So, we, so I, one thing I do see people do periodically is use that as a crutch to say, well, this is just my cost uh, versus, okay, this is my cost, but I see that the market won't bear that. How do I get my costs under control so that I can provide to my customers at, at, a, at a price um, that I can create value for them?
2: i would really challenge that i mean i'm i'm all down for you know maximizing your profitability and getting your costs down and under control so that you can manage those things um but my price point really doesn't matter what the market will bear it will matter how i educate and deliver on that value
6: well, again, as I said, it's it's about the value that you are creating. But my, my point is that somebody will somebody will say, well, I need to have this brand new camera. I need to have this brand new piece of gear. I need to buy all of these things and therefore my customers need to pay for that. When the reality is that they don't need those things They're using that as, as a rationalization or justification of, taking on too many costs to operate their business versus taking a step back and saying, what does my business actually need to operate in uh, and, and, and an efficient way, in a way that I can provide the value for
3: Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I agree with both of you actually, Kat and Joshua, that uh, the answer is, is yes to both because in our discussion today, uh, our assumption is that we, and we've been talking about this for a few days now, is that we've already gone through and, and said, you know, what are we selling? What value are we creating? You know what kind of business do we have so you're absolutely right Joshua the value has to be there but at the same time people value things differently and what Kat's saying is that that's what I do that's what I deliver and how I find and sell to those people that matters and then cost becomes a lever that you use to control and make sure that the business is profitable and it's going in the right direction Right. So uh, you go back to what I said at the beginning, which is what Nicole mentioned a couple of days ago. If you're selling books and the market says it's a $12 book or a $15 book or a $25 book, you're absolutely right. You're not going to charge $500 for that book just because your costs are high. So you have to find a way to live within that business model. Uh, So the answer is somewhere in there, uh, and 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 yes, you still have to. You're not going to be in business if you're not creating value for customers. It's as simple as that. Eventually you'll be found out and you people will not come to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad um that you, you went ahead and came up, Joshua, because we did talk about this a little bit yesterday um, and the day before so we we talked both about adding value and then doing your market research and that's where you really need to understand so once we have these numbers and we look and we say this is what it's going to cost me to run and i look at the market research and i notice that i am 50 percent above everybody else in my market then i have some decisions to make right i can either give it a go and trust myself to educate my clients and to have a value statement that is really going to Um, reinforce the fact that I'm charging more than everybody else for a reason. And then I have to make sure that my marketing is going towards people who will value what I'm offering in a way that's going to be sustainable and grow. Um, And that is often a long term strategy. That's not often something that we get to step up into right off the bat. I don't just get to show up in Phoenix and charge more than everybody else in the market. And go look guys i'm awesome without some damn effort right because those people have established themselves as worth the money that they're asking for often it takes me beginning somewhere and working my way up into that in order to just step off the boat with prices that are that high. um, Because I need to establish that that value really does exist, but we need to know those numbers so that we can understand where we fit in that market and what changes we need to make in order for what we're asking for to match the value of what we're giving so absolutely really important important point to consider and we just did it i think you know, we, we asked that question before we even got into pricing, but it's important to remember that you need to bring that back as you're looking at pricing. You can't do market research and then ignore it when you're setting your pricing that needs to become an integral part of how you how you look at the money that is going on the table um, and keeping costs.
6: Oh, I was just going to say 100% on the exact same page. I, you know, I haven't caught all of the conversations. So sorry if, if someone was talking about, you know, was covered in previous conversations. 100% agree with everything you just said. I just, my, my point is just that we can't be blind to reality because we didn't necessarily make a good decision. You know, like if you sign a lease that's double what everyone else is paying in the same building, like, you know, your your clients just aren't going to pay for that. That's, that's, that's my point. But I 100% agree. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, I think we're all on the same page. And yeah, no, no need to apologize for that um, because not everybody can be here every day. So the fact that you brought it up may have been just really incredibly eye-opening for some folks who weren't here for those previous conversations. So it's still really important to include today. All right. Although we are at the end of our hour, I just want to make sure we have a couple minutes for final thoughts so that we can, anything that might've been missed or any insights that might've happened, um, you know, during the last little while, we have a chance to include those in the conversation. So it's time for final thoughts, moderators. Um, do we have any additional takeaways that needed to be added to this conversation before?
4: It's been covered already, but I would just like to reemphasize the importance of um, uh, considering your time and the time spent. And uh, we talked about this on our last live stream, but that opportunity cost of how much time you're spending on stuff. This is something that I know I have repeatedly undercharged for is not considering how much time it actually takes me to do shit. So factoring that into your pricing is so, so, so important because it's so easy to overlook. But yeah, amazing stuff today. You guys are so thorough. Great job.
0: I agree with both Becca and Bassam.
1: right on all right y'all so this was the first big primer on pricing and we're going to get a little bit more into the weeds tomorrow and we're going to start talking about things like product and how we can look at the vendors we want to work with how we can factor those things into our cost of goods Um, which of course then contributes to the whole thing. So the pricing of individual products, this is always something that is a struggle. You hear people talk about it all the time. How do I price my prints? (laughs) How do I know how much to ask for them? Of course, we're gonna take the numbers that we've talked about today. We're bringing that into the conversation tomorrow, but we're gonna really get into those things specifically so that we feel super solid about being able to price our products and understand what goes into making those so that we can be profitable from those things. All right. Huge thanks to everybody who contributed to the conversation today. Y'all are amazing. Thank you for coming up and sharing and sharing your thoughts. Hopefully you will be with us again tomorrow morning. And tomorrow is the second Thursday of the month. And that means it's going to be time for a live stream. So hopefully you will be there to join us for that as well. Tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. In the meantime, have a fantastic day. We hope to see you tomorrow morning for our Clubhouse Morning Walk with the Artist Forge at 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time That's 6 a.m. for the West Coast and 9 a.m. for the East Coast. In the meantime, have an incredible day. Go make something amazing and we'll see you tomorrow morning.
0: Thanks again for listening to this live Clubhouse discussion moderated by all of us at the Artist Forge. We hope you found the information useful and that it helps you gain a little bit of insight as to how you work on your craft. For more episodes, please join us each weekday on Clubhouse or visit theartistforge.com. Now go make something incredible.